Hey everybody, Darren Garman here with Trot Carry, and we are here with the Heartland Multifamily Show. The place, the place for all things multifamily. And Trot, today we are going to get a little political. We're going to speak our mind about a few things uh, politically uh, that have to do with multifamily. Um, so we're not going to go off on what we think the state of the Democratic Party is or the Republican Party or the Independent or, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to go down that road, but we are going to get political because what we're going to talk about today is important. It's important in terms of questions you need to be asking, uh, things you need to know before you get into your next multifamily investment. Okay. And these are questions. These are things that surprisingly, um, many people don't ask. Uh, surprisingly, they find out the hard way later, um, and they find out at a time they you know that, that that's not in and that's not advantageous to them at all. But before we jump into the content, uh, let's 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 make sure we mention a couple things. First of all, if what we talk about here on this episode of the Heartland Multifamily Show resonates with you. We would love to hear your comments. We'd love to have that dialogue with you. So make sure you leave your comments, okay? And secondly, um, this is the place for all things multifamily, uh, real world multifamily. So make sure you click that subscribe button. Uh, try, they got to click that subscribe button so they don't miss out on any future episodes or you know, making sure they get super fast access to some of our past episodes that are pretty... Uh, pretty damn good with some good content. Welcome to the Heartland Multifamily Show, the shorter, more profitable path to multifamily ownership and investing. So let's jump right into this because uh, I want to use an a quick example. So I was interviewed a couple weeks ago about the bank failures, and there's um, you know, first, you know, first Republic and, you know, Silicon Valley, a lot of, and, and other bank failures. And the main reason I was interviewed, by the way, is why, why are they interviewing you, Darren? I mean, you're Heartland multifamily guy. Why are they interviewing you? Well, the main reason they did is because, um, you know, I've got a lot of experience in the financial world, but I also, uh, was a part owner of a bank, uh, and also sat on the board of directors and on the credit committee of that bank. And so when people learn that and they find that out about you, you know, they want to kind of get, you know, what's what's really kind of going on behind the curtain of these banks? You know, why are they failing? What's going on? What do you know about what's going on? Uh, so I had an interview try with uh, with two people about this and um, and what went on there. And uh, one of the things I talked about that is exclusively uh, related to multifamily is uh, understanding that you better be asking the questions, these questions, before you invest in your next multifamily property. So, I mean, I, I use the analogy of the bank, what you need to be thinking about, what you need to be asking before you make a deposit in those banks. But it's the same thing with multifamily. Okay, so let's kind of pull that, and let's pull that over to multifamily. Let's talk about that. Um because far too many people don't ask these questions. They just look at, well, what can my rate of return be? Um, where's it located? Uh, who's kind of, if I'm if it's passive and there's a sponsor involved, who's the sponsor? Um, again, what's my rate of return going to be? And then they, they kind of go for it. 
by the way, all important questions, all important things, but I would argue probably not the most important things um, uh, that you need to be asking. So let's talk about this. So Chad, when you, have we had anybody recently that have gotten involved in investing in multifamily with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, and we've had a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. So either if we've worked with them in purchasing their own multifamily property, they're going to own it, run it, manage it themselves. Okay. Or they're involved in owning real estate with us with one of our funds or one of our partnerships. Okay. Have any of them asked us what our personal feelings and values are regarding um, climate change? If they have, I, I they didn't ask me. They haven't. They haven't. Okay. Nobody has. Right. Have they asked us how we feel about um, our ESG score or what our ESG score is? Have they asked us that question? No. Huh? No, they haven't. They haven't asked us that question. Um, have they asked us about any of our, um, is it uh, diversity, inclusion? Is that, have they asked us about any of our diversity, inclusion practices and, and what, how, we, how we are there? What are, I think there's a score there, I think. Probably. I think so. So have they asked us about that score? No. No. Never. Okay. Um, have they asked us about what some of our personal goals are for the next five or ten years in terms of where we see the company running, where we see that individual property, where we see the governmental um, attitude, the governmental um, process in terms of owning multifamily? Have they, have they asked us any of those kinds of questions? No. No, uh -uh. they haven't. Should they have asked us those questions? Yeah. Yeah, they better damn well be asking us those questions. Okay. In a world where you're wondering, why in the hell would they ask you those questions? What are you talking about? What are you getting at? What I'm getting at is, no matter what our answers are to those questions, okay, we may have answers to questions like that, not only in terms of how we run our funds, how we run our properties, but also how the local municipalities and government and housing agencies, what their attitude is towards landlords and multifamily, what their attitude is towards building codes, what their attitude is, you need to be asking those questions before you invest your money so you know the direction that those places are likely to go, that those people are likely to go, okay? And so the worst position you could be in is you get involved in, let's say, a multifamily partnership. And um, the multifamily partnership has um, attitudes and directions where they're focused on, let's just say, a high ESG score. Okay, they're focused on many of the uh, ideologies that are out there today that are important to some people. Well, if that's not important to you, if that's something you actually are not in agreement with, do you find that out before you invest in that multifamily property with these folks or that property in that municipality or community? Or do you want to find that out after your money's invested? Hopefully before. Is it easier to get in a deal than it is to get out of a deal? Yes. Right. Once you're in, you're in. Now, we used the analogy of banks earlier, right? So if the depositors of some of those banks knew 
who the owners of the banks were, who sat on the board of directors, what their attitudes were towards a lot of these things, I can guarantee you many of them would not have been standing in line when there's a run on those banks. They, would have, they wouldn't even have been with those banks. No, I'm not saying those banks were bad. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything about their policies in per se. But I'm just saying those are questions you got to find out and you got to know about. Okay. So unfortunately, in today's world, you really need to know the machinations of what's going on behind the scenes in the minds of the people that are running the show. You can't be surprised by things. Now, at any minute, I could go from, you know, being way, way left to being way, way right in a day. Sure, that could happen, right? But you need to know these things before. Because um, let's just use how we plan on spending some of our um, income from our apartment communities this year. So let's say we d decide that we want to spend 10% of our budget on climate change education. Okay, We want to educate our residents on climate change. We might even want to put some blurbs in our newsletters to some of our partners on the importance of climate change and why climate change needs to be a number one priority for them. Okay? Now, try. let me ask you a question. You, let's just say you, you're not into this climate change thing. You actually think it's kind of a bunch of hocus pocus. I'm not saying you think this. I'm, let's just pretend you think this. All right? How happy you're going to be being invested with me in our multifamily communities knowing that that's kind of the direction I'm going. Not too happy. No, you're not. And you're already in. You're already in. So now what do you do? Well, you got to wait for a little bit uh, for your stock to get liquidated and buy out or, you know, suffer the consequences. You know, it might be a good thing, bad thing, but personal consequences. You know? Right. And the thing is, what, what, what happens here, though, is you want to have the ability to have as much information to make the kind of decision on whether you want to be involved or not as early as you possibly can. And this information is over and above rate of return. It's over and above location. It's over and above what the five-year plan is, what the 10-year plan is, what the exit strategy is. You know, all of those things are super important where it's at, the place. I've talked about how important places in terms of all that's important. But if you get this part wrong, if you don't know the answers to some of these questions, um, it can be very problematic. And, and even when you know the answers to these, and let's say there's a lot of disagreement in terms of your mind in the direction that maybe that municipality is going and maybe that city council in terms of some of the decisions they're making with um, apartment communities in there. Okay. You've got disagreement with that. Okay. You don't disagree with the way Trot and I run and manage the Heartland partnerships. Okay. Okay. Fine. But at least now you can make a decision on whether you want to still be involved or not. Okay. You may still say, yeah, okay, I don't disagree with what Darren and Trotter are doing there. I don't really like this heartland of America thing. I'm not really into that. Um, I think it's actually kind of, 
you know, I think it's just kind of weird. But you know what? I, I, I'm kind of like trotting deer and I want to stay in and I'm going to be involved with them. Fine. But at least you can make that decision knowing what you know. But you don't want to be going into situations and not knowing. Or at least not taking some time to investigate. Okay. Because try, are we finding... So the most important thing about multifamily at the end of the day are the numbers, right? The most important thing. But are we finding that now um, we've got to be looking at other things almost equally as important than the numbers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And and we see it with, um, you know, the, the investors that contact us and communicate with us. So a lot of the investors, their first question to us is, are you a landlord-friendly state? Right? Is Iowa a landlord-friendly state? It's basically, oh my God, I've been involved in properties in California. I've owned properties in Oregon. I've owned properties in Minnesota. I mean, I could name other states where, you know, investors have contacted us with nightmare stories about owning multifamily in those states. And so, you know, the first question they've got is, hey, are you a friendly state? Um, their first question isn't, what's the rate of return? Their first question is, what's your, isn't what's your holding period? They want to know that. And it used to be, you wouldn't even have to ask that question. But now we're at a point where questions like that need to be asked. Questions like that are being asked and they should be asked. Um, and so, uh, if we kind of come full circle with this, Trot, uh, where do you, so I want you to look into your crystal ball, okay, um, with some of the things that are now kind of front and center with our attention um, in the world of business that used to not actually be in the world of business, but now they are. Um, do you see this as being kind of a fad? Do you see this as something that's just kind of, oh, this is going to last for maybe another couple of years and then it'll go away? Or is this something that we're going to have to consistently keep at least, you know, at least in front of us? What do you think? You know, I haven't been around long enough, I don't think, to give an educated guess. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but, you know, being, but being I, your age, right. this, is, this is an interesting question, I think. I, I don't think it's a fad. I think it's here to stay. Okay. I do. Um, I, I just think um, it'd be impossible to overturn a lot of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, who knows? I, you probably know better than I do. Um, what do you think? Well, your perspective is important because, you know, you spend time with um, and you're around, for the most part, uh, you know, people that are half my age. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, getting your um your crystal ball out and kind of seeing where you think this is going based on that I think I think is is, is a telling thing because you know I st I still want to be you know I still want to go back to uh, the, the a lot of n n nostalgia of when I was a kid and how things used to be you know when I was your age and how things used to be and obviously that's no longer the case right. um and, you know, the main reason for this episode is because, you know, investors and us, we're dealing with a lot of things that we just haven't dealt with before. And we've got to be asking these kinds of questions. 
um, just so we know from a knowledge standpoint. And to hear you say, um, a guy that's half my age, hear you say, Darren, this is going to be around. And this is something that investors need to be having front and center. Uh, they need to, um, at least as part of some of the boxes that they need to check in terms of understanding what they're getting into, who they're getting involved with, need to be definitely part of it. And that's going to be the case, right? Yeah, that's what you're saying. Right. It's good insight. That's good insight. And so let's kind of come full circle here. Um, we're in a, in a day and a time, and it sounds like we're going to continue to be in a day and a time where some of these questions need to be asked. You know, who really owns the fund that you're getting involved in? What are their philosophies regarding the future on what they see as priorities in terms of what they want to accomplish, um, especially in some of the worlds and some of the areas um, like climate change? Are they going to be spending millions of dollars on rechanging and refitting things to make things better and more green? Does that make economic sense for me as an investor? as an example, okay? Are they going to be concerned about ESG scores? Are they going to be concerned about all of these kinds of things? And again, there's going to be people listening and watching that think that there's right answers to this and there's wrong answers to this. It's not part of this podcast to answer that. But the part that we need to know is you need to be asking these questions now. You need to be bringing them up. It might be a little uncomfortable. You may not feel good about it, but it is necessary in terms of doing the best due diligence you can do, not only about buying the property that you're going to be buying, wherever that is, but who are you going to get involved with business-wise? Who is it going to be? And understanding what their philosophies are and what direction they plan on going. Okay. Um, and so in closing, before we wrap up this episode with some of the things you need to be thinking of asking and finding out before you get involved in your next multifamily deal, Trot, is there anything else that you think would be of value that we should, you know, we should maybe add to this? Yeah, I've got one question. Okay. Um, in your experience, um, do you find trouble more with federal government, state government, or local government when you're, when you're looking at property or, or you own a property and and you know things are changing what where do you find the most problem yeah so let me let me re let me reframe your question because i think i'm going to say it's a good question it's really good let me reframe it um let me reframe it this way and you tell me if it's the same thing would i find the most friction as a multifamily owner and investor with the federal government the state government or the local government yes would that be would that be a good way to reframe it yeah and and you know you just to preface too, like let's say you say the local government, mm -hmm. but it's just like small, it's a lot of small regulations with no magnitude. Mm -hmm. But then the federal government, you know, it's very few regulations, policies, whatever, with high magnitude. So just keep that in mind. I don't know if that's yeah. the case or what. but Yeah, it's, it's an easy answer. And it's local. Yeah. Local is the easy answer. Um, uh, uh, the local policies can be changed um, and are much more fluid just because the local processes of everything from elections uh, all the way to public sentiment to support for things 
uh, can just change uh, can change quickly. Um, and the other thing that happens a lot locally, and you wouldn't think this would be the case, is on the local level, you don't get as much involvement from the overall majority public. So a lot of the decisions are made and pushed through by a minority, by a minority, a lot of times. Um, and you have a lot easier chance of that happening to produce more friction with a multifamily owner on a local basis than you would. So it's a little, it's a lot harder nationally, you know, to push that to push agendas, even though they're being pushed. We saw that during COVID where, you know, there were eviction bans, um, you know, which is like a three hour conversation I could have on that too. But, um, long podcast. well, yeah. So, but in, yeah, it, yeah the, the answer is local. And that's great because now you need to be thinking of, okay, what do I need to know about what's going on locally here? What's the attitude here? So if I don't live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I live in, I don't know, I'll just say Kansas City, Missouri, but I think I want to buy property in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I better be getting an idea of what the flavor is there in Cedar Rapids before I put any money there. I better be doing that. And I'm finding a lot of people don't do that. Um, but it's something that you definitely need to do. So great question. Great question. Um, all right, Trot, great episode, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you being uh, with us on this episode of the Heartland Multifamily Show, the place for all things multifamily. Glad you joined us on this episode. Hey, this is a episode where I want to hear your comments. Would like to hear whether you agree, whether you disagree. I don't care. Would like to hear from you so we can have some dialogue. Place those comments below. Click that subscribe button, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.